Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Made in the 80s, a podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have uh, Tim and Camden. So this week is our last summer movie, which makes sense because we're now in September. Right. <laughs> but what a way to go out, guys, right? North Shore. It's a legit <laughs> summer movie. I think it was nice. one of our last nice uh, sunny days when we watch this in the afternoon or evening yeah. and I think that makes all the difference yeah well and the time frame fits like it tracks we're starting in like late September October yeah. so it it tracks for about now anyway we'll yeah. talk about it in a little bit friends I'll put the timestamp in the show notes and in the meantime let's get caught up so let's start with some information what yeah. is the 411 got some sad news you guys oh Donald passed away Wait, say that again. Norm McDonald. Night Live, like a really famous comedian. So Leah, I, you're, you, you don't really know Norm like that, huh? I no, I'm surprised I hadn't heard about it. Yeah. Did he do a lot of voice acting too? I don't know if he did or not. He was really funny. Like he used to make me laugh really hard. Yeah, me too. Like really hard. Um, oh. It's um, it's fascinating to see these people come out and you know, people with appreciation. Like one of my favorite podcasts, Five Star Podcast. Um, Tone on the show loves Norm, and since I've listened to their podcast, I've listened to the podcast for years. He's always talked about Norm being his favorite comic and his bits, and um, so I'm glad there are people out there who understood his type of dry humor and like loved it. So there's three things I would love people to check out. There's one interview he did. You can find it all on YouTube with Courtney Thorne Smith from Melrose Place. And she's promoting a movie with Carrot Top and it's on the Conan O'Brien show and Norm is tanking the entire interview. Just dogging the movie. It's hilarious. Like it sounds simple, but when you watch it, Norm is just going in on this movie and it's so funny to watch because everyone's kind of, it's funny, but it's clearly a little uncomfortable because he's just, He's killing the movie. Uh, another one is Norm hosted the ESPYs. And he tells a really funny OJ joke. <laughs> when when was this? Like 98. 98, 98 okay. Oh. Is, it, is it better than Chappelle's uh, OJ jokes? It's just Norm had a way of like saying something to make people super uncomfortable. <laughs> during, you know, that SNL run during the OJ trial, like Norm was doing Weekend Update. He was constantly just, he was relentless with the OJ jokes. Like, just kept going. And, like, there were, there's one clip he showed where he was, like, um, it was just a picture of OJ. And he said, this just in, murder is now legal in California. Like, <laughs> he would do stuff like that. And he's, like, deadpan, look at the camera the whole time. And there's another newer one. And it's, it's Norm getting people on his show to read these very terrible jokes. Some of them are bad, some of them are uncomfortable, some of them aren't really jokes. And they're like, who wrote this? He's like, eh, somebody. But it's funny because it's like eight minutes of people just reading these jokes that, from Norm. And it's hilarious. So if you had a chance to check that out, check that out. Dirty Work, a movie he's in, is really funny. It's on HBO Max right now if you want to watch that as well. Will do. Wow, yeah. I mean, he's like, that's a, that feels like a blast from the past. Cause, yeah. yeah, that's like the original SNL days 
for me, like actually watching them yes, coming same. out and like, yeah. Like I stay up late, watch it, and it was Sandler and Farley and like, yeah, that whole mm-hmm. was just a killer every every weekend update. He was so funny. Yeah, he's, he's, I feel like he comes off a lot sharper than the ones that I've seen more recently. Yeah, he's, he's great. So um, staying in sad news, this is our first time recording since the passing of Michael K. Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sad. Kind of like Chadwick, just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, in, like a drug overdose. And I was like, what are we doing? Uh, it's just, he was such a talent. I remember the first time I saw him on The Wire, he just jumped off the screen. And he's like, he shows up like season one, episode three. I was like, who is this guy? He's got the scar on his face. And that whole arc on the wire was incredible. And he went on to do other stuff. He was great on Boardwalk Empire. He was great. I thought he was really good on Lovecraft Country. Like just a phenomenal actor. The thing about Lovecraft Country is like when I got when I heard this news, I was like, I was just hanging out with this guy recently. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. He had some great one-liners on the wire, like just really good stuff. Well, and my, so one of the things that impresses me so much and I always think about when it comes to The Wire is his improv, right? That he improvised that kiss. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read about that. And so that's just, I mean, it's another thing. Like I, that character is great and he plays, like, he does it well. And then also he really turned that character and the show, I think, yeah. in a way that was so effective and yeah i was yeah so impressed with him nobody was doing that on television like Mm -hmm. at all even now he's supposed to be this hard tough guy like that everybody on the block is afraid of and like yeah that's real you know what i'm saying that's a real thing that people who live in these communities we all i've known people like that you know growing up in the hood and i think we all have at some point Uh, but to see that on television the way it was i thought was was good for people to see I think so too. So recently I had watched a um, YouTube video that was a kind of a breakdown talking about season five of The Wire. Last time I watched The Wire, I bounced off of season five again. Like I've seen it all the way, but last time I kind of stopped after season four. So I've been re-watching it um, over the last couple of days, just season five. And he is really incredible in that. Um, He's so good. And it's also interesting because they have, I'd say another variation on, um, that situation with the character of Snoop. Yeah. Right. In that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Do we have any happy 411s? We do. Yeah. Okay. Can we go ahead, some of that? <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, um, some good news. Well, yeah, because it's a movie that we've done before. They're talking about, uh, it looks like Disney's going to uh, reboot or remake um, Flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of my favorites as a kid. I think we all liked it, right? When we yeah. watched it, I think it I was a bunch as a kid. Yeah, I watched it a bunch as a child. Um, and this is with uh, supposedly the director will be Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I mean, her dad's a director, right? So yeah, I'm sure she's she get a few tips from her dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. The first one, I mean, who? Okay, whose voice do you get? Because it was um, Pee Wee Herman's voice. Oh, it was. I don't know. It was he was almost the the lead. It was just, it was like the ship and the kid. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, you need somebody who could really pull that off. And I'm afraid that it would end up being somebody like Kevin uh, 
part. I was thinking Adam Sandler, Andy Sandberg. Huh. Is that just because of the show we've yeah. been watching? Okay. Well, I think it it, was... it, I guess it depends on which direction you want to go with the story. Do you want it to be a silly yes. guy? Do you want it to be more like, I'm a robot? And it's like, you know. We, can't, we cannot have a dark and gritty reboot of Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> People just get murdered. And yeah, we can't have that. I bet you it's going to be a girl. Probably. Yeah. It's going to be Aquafina. Oh, don't do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't don't do that. put that out there. Yeah, why would you say that? Don't do that. Kim, have you ever heard anybody uh, talk, uh, accuse her of like basically verbal blackface? Yes, a ton of people. Yeah. I was having to show, I, I, I was reading about it more recently and I was like, Shalia, do you know about this? She's like, no. Yeah, I never, I didn't pick up on it myself on my own. And then Kendon showed me some examples and I read about it and I still didn't quite get it. Um, but I would just say, I don't want to hear the robot sounding like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a black scent for my robot. Black scent, a black that's scent. The word, yep. Don't want that. Hard pass. Black scent does sound like a step down from verbal blackface. <laughs> black scent, right? You do this like over exaggerated, I'm mimicking black vernacular. But I don't really talk like this in real life, you know. Not when, I, not, not when I get around those rich Asians. <laughs> those <laughs> no. crazy ones. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of blackface, Kenan was showing me Drake's new album cover. Speaking of blackface. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition, Shalia. Wow. It just reminded me. It's silly. It's just like a whole bunch of pregnant emojis. Have you Is seen that, it, Tim? Yeah, Drake has some real weird album artwork. If you go look, if you go through like your iTunes or Spotify, just look at his album artwork. It's all kind of weird, except for like "Take Care." So, is that weird. the one with that's just got the background? No, it's with him like in the city. city. Huh? No, he's sitting at the table. Oh, the I, I like the ones where it's like the side of his head and then like the yeah. baby side of his head. Yeah. Yeah, this one was weird. I'm like, like somebody who gets paid for this. <laughs> Someone made on Microsoft Paint like five minutes. I was like, "Here you go, Drake." He was like, "Awesome," because people are gonna buy it and people are gonna listen anyway. He, he could put. A turn emoji like so shalia was making yeah. spotify playlists and i was looking at him because i follow her this was some time back and i saw that she had emojis in there and i was like how do you do that because i was using spotify a lot to make my playlists on my computer um, right mm -hmm. so now i start doing the same thing me and her have different emoji playlists that so, the emojis mean something so what i was going to say is i'm going to ask when how drake how does that does he just sit there and put pregnant women in a row because that's all this is yeah i don't know there's probably some deep deep meaning behind it so how do you decide what emojis you put on a song um depends on how it makes me feel okay so the emoji represents how you feel oh it, it's not an individual emoji no oh. yeah it's like i mean makai's playlist has like 10 emojis yeah. i think like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like here. This is what feels right. Um, I don't think about it very much. Yeah. Okay. But I like that it exists. You know, um, there was something that I was watching recently, and it made me think about um, kind of where a lot of our uh, what is it called, like LOL and BRB and. I, I'm blanking they're on what that. Those are not just abbreviations, are. are they? 
Yeah, these are abbreviations, right? Yeah, like our text abbreviations. Mm -hmm. I kind of, for some reason, was thinking like, where did that, where did that come from, or where did that start? And like, I, I can was, tell you. I was thinking about BRB from like instant messaging yeah, way exactly. back. Yeah. And then um, 411 from the 80s. But like in text, um, not texting, paging, like on pagers, like having those codes and things. But so it's funny because like LOL is one of those classic ones that I actually don't think is as classic as a lot of others. Like I think, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was just a thought I had recently. I don't remember why, but. I realize how long they've been around and um, and it's kind of weird thinking back to a time when I didn't use them in my brain have you regularly. Have you ever used them on, on a job resume? That's, I don't think so. I've seen that more than once. Yeah. Oh, don't not do not that. The greatest. <laughs> not, not the best. Nope. It would yeah, be effective. I mean, like, honestly, I'd be like, thank you. Get to the point. <laughs> if, if you think about it, if we like showed our resumes to somebody like eighty or hundred years ago, they're gonna be like, yeah. "This is the, this is so inelegant. This is terrible. Uh, no. You didn't pass English class, did you?" No, right? no, <laughs> you're not wrong. My favorite was we were at trivia and we had to say what it meant, and I forget what the letters are, but we figured it out. We won. But do you remember it? It was if you know what I'm saying, and I think you do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> We're kind of going far on this. Wow. But anyway. Okay. Any other 411? Yeah. We got a trailer for The Matrix. We did. First look at Neo and Trinity and no, no, I mean, Amorpheus maybe with Yaya. Who knows? Um, he looks like he's doing a pretty good Morpheus impression. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to have to explain, you know, how Trinity and Neo are still alive. I guess we'll get an explanation of that. Uh, but yeah, it's it looks fun. I'm excited to see it. It looks like the kind of movie I'd be into. So I'm, I'm ready for it. I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, somebody was saying if you look at the the Matrix as a different the, the the I was about to say the physical Matrix, but the Matrix they're existing in in this movie, the color palette is not as nearly as muted. Yeah, it's not that green, green tint. Yeah, the green it, tint. It almost gives the the impression that they've you know redesigned it to make it a more comfortable place or something i mean my thinking is it's definitely a, a lot's taking place in the matrix mm -hmm. and like that's why morpheus looks different right he's been rebooted listen i'm, I'm gonna be honest he's with a, wait he's a human being he can't just reboot Not human beings. he's died yeah maybe his maybe his consciousness is in the matrix yeah okay. that's what that's my thought but listen plug me into the matrix right now i'm with it I watched the news this week. I see Nicki Minaj talk about her cousin Prince Balls, and I was wondering if this was going to come <laughs> up or not. Listen, Agent Smith, if you're listening, plug me in. Just put. Me in. <laughs> I don't want to remember any of this. I don't. I don't want to remember none of nothing. Nothing. Just plug me in and let me be whoever. I don't care. Like, this is the world has gone mad. Chicken yeah. is delicious. Chicken. <laughs> like, like, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Cipher. Cipher had a point. Plug him back in. It was it APOC? Who was it? Cypher? One of them. I think it was Cypher. Cypher. Yeah. Cypher had a point. Put me back in. I don't want to. I don't. You need to see people protesting outside saying Nicki Minaj had a point. And then Tucker Carlson. I, I saw them. Were they? They were like uh, walking up, uh, marching on a federal building. Yeah, the CDC or something. But there's like, but there was like two dozen of them. Is it after Fauci <laughs> actually came out and was like, 
that's not a side effect of the vaccine. Yeah, government's being like, that's not a thing. And, and, and you know, it's, it's stop, stop. I don't want to hear about your vaccine hesitancy when you got like thousands of dollars of plastic surgery pumping to your veins. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about what you what you don't trust. Oh my god! What if they That's real quick? That's a good point. Just sneak, just just sneak it in with the Botox. Yeah, just a little vax with yeah. the Botox. That's yeah, a, a really bit. good point. Like a little, the, BBL, a little vaccine, who's gonna know the difference? Yeah, like of the folks that I know who are not wanting to do a vaccine, it's like it's not like your body is your temple. Yeah, like, I watch you smoke hookah with a stranger. <laughs> we'll do anything bro like i don't want to hear this but, that's yeah. a good point speaking of so cam newton got cut from the patriots vaccination oh, hesitation not not, not, not wait wait not because of his hairstyle no the, not, not the rooster the vaccination but the vax had him out for a couple days you know mac jones comes in looks good and Cam's a free agent. And like being unvaccinated and a free agent is just not the way NFL set up. They're not making it easy for you if you're not vaccinated. Exactly. They got to forfeit a game and you're, the team that forfeit is paying for it. Like, and, and no one gets paid. Like, that's not, the owners are like, yeah, that, we're not doing that. <laughs> Wait, so why is it not because he's he was unvaccinated? Um, like, that's all saying. He just, he, just wasn't, he, just, he wasn't performing well. He just wasn't. I, I don't think that helped. I see what you're saying. So if it was like someone else, <laughs> like, like, they might like, they might put up with it. Yeah, like Kirk Cousins is not vaccinated. He started, you know, but Kirk Cousins is going to deal with any repercussion that comes if he gets COVID and misses a game. But um, Cam just wasn't performing well. I, I, it's sad to see. I love Cam. I've always thought he was great. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if he'll be back in the league. Like he's just at that age. It's tough as a quarterback. Well, so I brought it up because uh, football season has officially started. How's your team doing, Tim? Your fantasy team? Well, I won, thanks to little Cooper Cup. Hey, congratulations. Love that guy. Um, who about you? I'm not playing this year. Oh, too I decided, much stress. Yeah, <laughs> decided, well, stress, I was like, I have too many things I'm trying to pay attention to and track yeah. in my brain, and I'm not doing a very good job at that. So I'm not going to add football players and, and tracking all of the teams and who's hurt and who's like, I was like there's no way I if, I if it were one of those if it were like bingo where I just had my card and it goes week to week <laughs> totally down in fact maybe we should do that do you guys want to play um NFL bingo this year I'll set up bingo cards ahead of time and we can I'll do see who wins bingo. Like we'll do like you get a you mark the team if they win or something. I'll think about it. Um, but yeah, something like that where I don't have to actually be tracking right. <laughs> and making decisions. <laughs> um, That's it. Two more quick things. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, del Toro uh, released a trailer, a brief trailer for his new film, Nightmare Alley. It's got Bradley Cooper in it, Clay Blanchett, Willem Dafoe. It's about a circus and a guy, and the, the entire theme of the teaser trailer is, is he a monster or a man? That's kind of all we know about this movie. Not a whole lot. It hey, Tim, you just <laughs> planned our next date night. <laughs> it looks fun. And then also, uh, Sony had an announcement last week. Got some new games coming. They have uh, Spider-Man 2. That's going to have... Sp- 
made by Insomniac Games. We're gonna have Spider Man and Miles Morales facing off. It sounds like um, against Craven and Venom. The the first Spider Man game from years ago was really good. The Miles Morales game is really good. I expect this game to be even better. But they're also making a Wolverine game. Hmm. Very excited about. I just want to know what story they're telling. It'll be fun running around as Wolverine. And Are you saying like the same studio is? Same studio, same style of game, but with Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to play. I want to play. What are we on five? I want to play Station Five, but they're are they still difficult to get? Last time I checked, I think so. But yeah, you should get one. It'll be your gift after you know raising a child. You get it. More like after graduating. I think adding a PS5 to my life right now would be highly uh, uh, irresponsible. Where's the baby? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. That's all the news. Would you just have the baby sit on the A button? Just not a bad take idea. Take care of some tasks on the game. <laughs> not a bad idea. Teach him how to play. You, I'm you not even a, a button smasher. Just smash the buttons. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, Kendon, did you have any other news? No, I didn't. I this isn't news, but I did want to ask you guys about it. So Kendon sent to our group chat a picture of something that was like only in theaters available on HBO same day. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I think they. I think the only in theaters thing has just what been what they always put, and then they yeah. just added something to it instead mm-hmm. of reading both sentences next to each other. Yeah, I think. Okay. You're- so, what is it? So it's because it's Batman, um, March fourth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so which one is it? I don't think it's gonna be on HBO Max. No, I, I think their the theater deal runs out at the end of the year. I think the Matrix is the last one we get. Okay, then that also uh, reminds me. So filmed in IMAX. Mm. Um. Kendon's dad said that, or sent us something about Seattle Center IMAX not having uh, renewed its contract or being in some kind of negotiations mm-hmm. about showing IMAX films. Mm-hmm. And he sent it because Dune is coming very mm-hmm. soon. Um, do you know anything about this? Are we potentially not going to get to see Dune at Seattle IMAX, Seattle Center? I don't know. I don't even know if they're showing movies there now. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. It's such a it's it's a, it's a unique venue. So I don't know. You can get the probably the fake IMAX somewhere, but well, I don't know if we're gonna have true IMAX for it. So what Dad sent us is from Reddit. So, you know, I I don't. It's not like sourced to a uh, right publication. Yeah. So what have you guys been doing? What are you thinking about watching, listening to, reading? Did I tell you I've been watching old wrestling pay-per-views? Nice. I think so, because that reminded me of Young Rock. <laughs> you have the subscriptions, right? No, I, I have Peacock. So Peacock oh. has all of them on there. But I won't... Have Peacock Premium. Yeah, Peacock. It's like $4 a month or something crazy. But I won't bore you with all the details. It's First of all, it's great background when you're working from home. But, so I watched Bash at the Beach 96. And you're like, what is that? That's when Hogan joins NWO. Oh. The Outsiders. Then they became one NWO. But um is this is is this when he turned heel? Yes. So the setup is like the outsiders are gonna 
taking on NWO and the, the, the wrestling as you know it, and they've got they're going up against you know the heart of WCW, and and so at some point in the match, all these four guys are knocked down the ring, and here comes Hogan. I'm like it's Hogan, he's here to set up the day. Yeah, take that, guys. Here comes Hogan. Hogan comes in the ring and he legs drops Macho Man, and people are like, "What?" But here's the crazy part: these fans lose it. They start throwing stuff in the ring. And if you're watching on Peacock, there's a, a point where Hogan is giving his little speech at the end. He's cutting a promo. And they zoom in on his face for like 30 seconds. But they zoom in because in real time, someone's trying to get in the ring. So if you go to YouTube, you can watch the video of a, a guy hops the rail, tries to get in the ring, and gets stomped out. <laughs> like for real. Like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash literally put the boots to that dude. And it's, it's like that's how insane it was. That crowd, I would recommend watching just for the crowd. Those people go crazy. Wait, so what's going through your head when you rush five of these guys? You're drunk. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it sounds cute to you. It's like, I don't know if you guys watched the Mouse in the Palace documentary. Um, mm-hmm. You remember the Mouse in the Palace? Pistons, Ron Artest runs in the stands. Fighting the fans. Oh, he ran I up there and socked the guy, didn't called. he? I remember yeah. that. <laughs> so at one point, Jermaine O'Neal's on the floor, and this dude runs up on him. But Jermaine O'Neal's like legit 6'10". And the dude is like, oh, at some point, you can see his face. He's like, oh, crap. Because he's just like, you run up on a, a pro athlete who's four times your size. Um, if, if you don't have like courtside seats, I think most people have a, like, a distorted view of actually how they, yeah. not that picture of The Rock with Shaq and Carl and Charles Barkley. Yeah. Always just blows. It's like, they are like, that is really tall. They're seven massive. foot, seven, yeah. four, whatever. That's really tall. They're massive people. So yeah. Um, I don't know what well, that's thinking. You know, I, it, it is something about our culture. Like fans yell at the athletes, right? Like they think that they can yell at them and tell them what to do and get mad at them. Yeah. And that's like that moment where you're like, Oh, none of that is real. <laughs> like I can yell at you, but you're yeah. not listening to me, and I don't matter. <laughs> like I can't go great, up to you and be like, "Hey." <laughs> There's a great clip from a couple of years ago at a, at a Rams game, and uh, um, Marcus Peters is there, and he's on the sideline. Some fans yell something crazy. He turns around, he's like, "What do you say?" He walks because the guy's really close. He like walks up the steps. And he's like, "What do you say?" And dude, this another thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. And he turned, the guy was talking all that smack. And as soon as Marcus Peters got up and was like, what did you say to me? Guy had nothing to say to him. Turned, turned around and like, yeah, that's what I thought. Because you're not, you don't think someone's ever going to approach you. And when they do, like, it's a problem. And yeah. then we invented the internet. Yeah. And just okay. basically amplified that because now fans can yell at, uh, and I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing necessarily, but they can yell at studios and get things made, get things changed, get things yeah. canceled. Right? Yeah. We all feel like we have some sort of ownership in our media, in our entertainment. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. What else are you doing? That's it. Well, a bunch of crappy movies, a bunch of horror movies, nothing nothing that jumps out, nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched a movie that everybody kind of made it seem like it stuck out, but I don't know if I missed it or didn't get what was going on completely but i finally finished parasite um mm. 
and it was fine but it's like I, I don't know I, I there was so much hype about it and there mm. was so much like it's not what you think and so I was waiting for more I mean it I guess it was there was a lot going on that twist in the third act is like wait what yeah yeah sure there was what, a lot what did you on. watch this on uh Hulu it's on Hulu I had started it but you have to, um I I didn't <laughs> I started it, it I had to do it in two sittings because um I didn't have the patience to read subtitles all the way through the whole movie so I had to split it up but I finally watched it I did like it but I was underwhelmed I think maybe just because there was so much hype um, wait I did I lied to you I did watch something I watched Malignant last week Malignant. I almost literally asked you about that because I keep seeing videos and videos going on about Malignant like it's the worst movie okay. ever is it the worst like it's the worst movie ever okay so Malignant is I will not spoil this movie the trailers leave a ton out because there's stuff in the film that you have to see. So there's a lot that's not in the trailer. It is the most ridiculous movie. Doesn't make any sense. Like the more you think about it, the more you're like, this makes zero sense. But I had, I, I like, it's so crazy that I like loved it. It's so insane that like it's James Wan. He has some really good, if you watch the trailer, there's a scene where this lady's laying on the bed and in the, in the, background you can see it changing like there's really good camera angles and tricks and stuff that he does that's it's visually crazy it's in seattle seattle like film i'm in vancouver <laughs> yeah uh it's kind of nuts not demonic at all i know people it's not like a, some demon possessed movie i know some people have hang-ups on like religious horror so it's not that but it's is it, it ghosts i'm not going to tell you what it is well it is fascinating. Whether or not Shalia will watch it with me. It's, it's too violent for me. It's violent. Oh. People people die in like horrific ways. Not sure she could want to do that. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But Kenan, once uh, you watch it, we'll talk about sort of the reveal and then whether or not it was good for you or not. I'll watch it. Yeah. Pre-screen it. Maybe. Get back to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Parasite finished. The other thing, I think I talked about this a little bit last month or last episode mm-hmm. that I was watching like baking TV and mm-hmm. I have now shifted over to Top Chef um, and I haven't seen the most recent season yet, but I watched the season from before that, which was All Stars, which was very fun. And then I, it made me want to go back and watch some old ones. So I started with, um, I forget what season it was, but it was when they were here in Seattle, which is fun. Um, so I'm watching Top Chef and I love it. Like I missed it. It's it's happy in my life, except for all the like stress. They're very stressed out. I don't like that part as much, but um, I like the challenges and all that. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I was going to mention is I watched um, or I'm almost done with Never Have I Ever on Netflix, mm. and it came recommended to me from friends, and I started it because. Kenan's dad came over and I was like, oh, I can't pay attention to what I was paying attention to. So I'll just start this other random thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it, like I sat and watched hours of it after that. Um, <laughs> and then I Kenan, I was like, Kenan's got to watch it with me. And so I got him on it. So he's watching too. And um, friends, it's like a teen drama 
but goofy. It reminds me, and I think tended to a lot of the um, Ginny and Georgia, um, yeah. or a little bit of to all the boys I loved before vibe. But I like it a lot. It's very entertaining. Did you? Did you guys watch Clickbait? Did you watch that? No. Have you? Yes, I did watch it. And what do you think? It's ridiculous, but it's messy. But it's it's the kind of like I need something to watch. And you kind of get into it because a bunch of twists and turns and it's a big whodunit, but it's fine. It's enjoyable, messy, disposable television. Do you, do you finish feeling satiated? Like, okay, I'm good. You finish, like, I, I felt, oh, that was entertaining. Okay, cool. It's like the perfect show to watch if you're, like, traveling across country on a flight. I've got travel coming up at some point. I'm actually, I'm actually downloading the first episode of this show right now. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Kendon, what have you been up to? Um, I've really just been focused, other than like the shows I've watched with you, um, on this getting through this sci-fi book. I don't remember where I got the idea, like uh, how it came across my radar, but it was it's called uh, the uh, the Left Hand of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Ursula K. Le Guin, which is uh she's very famous. Uh, female sci-fi writer from early on so uh, this book was written sometime in the 60s and it uh it takes place in this kind of world that she created where all of humanity has been seeded on different planets by some precursors so like we did not actually evolve on earth i guess but these all of these different planets had had some version of humans put on it and they all evolved differently and then they uh they when they start to come into contact they create this thing called the ecumen which instead of a government, because everybody is so far apart, it's basically impractical to be, you know, running around trying to rule each other or fight wars or anything. They're just kind of a loose overseeing trade body. And so this story follows an envoy to a new planet where the people are all uh, androgynous, I guess mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, and only during a certain time of the month do they become either male or female. And they can become both when there's like no, no predisposition to one or the other. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they have meeting season essentially, and then they go back to being completely androgynous, which is really interesting. Um, she's trying to you know explore what that sort of society, how it would uh, evolve and develop. And what's interesting is is it's considered like one of the early versions of like feminist sci-fi writing, but since it's from the '60s, I feel like still a lot of that era creeps in so for instance the main character just refers to all of the people on the planet as a him Mm. and what's interesting to me is is we're here in a time of history in our society where these sort of fluidity things are coming up and i think it was really very uh how do i say like related to the moment we're in now Mm -hmm. but then also like it's only been 40 years and we already would not be calling an alien species, you know, thousands of years in the future. We wouldn't just choose to call all of them him, right? Like not based off of how, or how we've uh, progressed in the way that we have. So it's interesting to read old sci-fi books that can be very um, prescient or very like forward looking, but you can only use the language and, and the culture that you are actually in. And the, the book ages very well outside of that. I didn't go into the story, but the only other really cool thing I want to mention about it is that it takes place on a planet mm. called Gethin. Um, but 
everybody who doesn't live on the planet just calls it winter because it's been in an ice age for like super long. And all, and this, this culture has developed this whole complex uh, lifestyle to deal with a planet that's basically always cold. Mm. And it made me think of Dune, which is a planet <laughs> that people just say it has a real name, but it's covered yeah. in sand. So we're just going to call it Dune. <laughs> yeah. Also, I lied to you. I did watch something else. I watched Why the Last Man, the first three episodes. How is that a preview? As a preview, or is, or no? It's on Hulu. Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. All the episodes are out, or are they doing only, only the first three? Only first three. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, that looks interesting to me. It is super. It's up your alley. It's super interesting. You'll appreciate it. Do you know anything I, about the story? Yeah, yeah. I remember when the uh, the graphic novel came out series, mm-hmm. and I I wanted to read it, but I didn't um, get to it. So it's about a yeah. man and his monkey, and they're the only two males left on the planet. Correct. <laughs> a man, a man and his monkey. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. They, they which go, is funny because they also describe it as post-apocalyptic, which is, is kind, of, which is kind of funny because it's like a, a world where there's only women. This must have been an apocalypse. Yeah, it's it, they go through all that too. They show the before, they show you know the incident, what happened, and, and sort of life after. So it's. Oh, they actually explain why it happens. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was thinking it was kind of like the leftovers. Yeah, nah, nah. You see, you see it. It's yeah. All right, you guys ready to go back to the eighties? This is, this is easy. Um, in the Lost Boys, the boys are a gang of Mm -hmm. what mythic beings? Vampires, right? Yeah. I was trying to be like, how do I make this harder? But it, that, that's the answer. Well, because as soon as you said The Lost Boys, I was like, oh, the vampire movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Tim's, Tim's birthday movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the name of Muppet Babies' caretaker who always wore striped green socks? Nanny. Wait, or does she have an actual name? Tim? I don't know. It's Nanny. Good job, Kendrick. Okay. okay. What 1989 Living Color song ends with President Franklin D. Roosevelt saying, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself? What group? Living Color. Um, Cult of Personality? Yes, correct. Which, what's the song? Cult of Personality. How, I mean, roughly, how does it go? I don't know if I'm familiar. <laughs> You've heard it. Google it. <laughs> Moving on. Neither 19- of you going to sing for me? No, not going to sing no. for you. No. In 1986, what music foundation chose Cleveland to be the home of its future museum? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Great. Also, the first year artists were inducted. What fashion accessories did films like Fame and Flashdance popularize? Like, uh, no, the socks, the leotards. The leotards? The leg warmers. The leg warmers. Like the leg warmers. Yeah. So the the options were toe rings, leg warmers, or ankle bracelets. You didn't give us the options. Well, you didn't need them. You guys were both <laughs> talking about the same thing. You just had to yeah. decide what to call them. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it's called. Stuff for their <laughs> leggy stuff. Yep. Nice work. Nice work. I think that was a hundred percent. Very oh. nicely done. Um, if you were in a competition, that's how I would score you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so speaking of competitions, are you guys ready to talk about North Shore? Yes. The winner of the Arizona State Surf Championship is Rick Rubin! 
Rick Kane is determined to make his dream come true. Welcome to Pipeline. Bonsai Pipeline? One and only. A story about the realization of a dream set against the background of some of the hottest high-energy surfing footage ever filmed. North Shore. I have questions for you, Julia. You do? I do. I have the benefit of asking them during the entire movie because we're sitting next to each other. <laughs> I had questions. First of all, why did you pick this movie? So this movie is a classic in Hawaii. Um, I watched it probably shortly after it came out and watched it many, many times. It's just one of those that's on all the time uh, and referenced a lot. Yes, Kendon. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when she says it's a legend in Hawaii. You say a legend? I think I said classic. 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 She says it's a classic in uh, Hawaii. She's not joking because uh, we were at a we were at friend's place and one of our Hawaiian friends and I was like, hey, um, have you ever seen this movie? And he just started quoting from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Yo, I've never seen this movie or heard of it. Nor it's have I. very popular. Very life. popular. <laughs> and I, I thought... Yeah, I wasn't sure. I think friends, you'll remember last episode when I suggested it. I'm like, oh, this might be, I might regret this because I haven't seen it in a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, but that is, it. it is, it's a classic. It's, um, we know it <laughs> really well. So anyway, and for me, it was like, I'm not ready to give up summer yet. Let's do this one. And I'm glad we did because it was, it was like one of the last days and it um, of summer and it felt perfect for it. So um, but before I tell you guys what it's about, uh, Tim, can you tell us how it was made? Who's in it? It, it? it is directed by William Phelps and written by William Phelps. Starring, I get the cast to pull up. All right. So starring Matt Alder as Rick. Nia Peebles from fame. As Keani. Is that right, Keani? Mm -hmm. uh, Gregory Harrison as Chandler. John... Fieldman as Turtle, Gary Lopez as Vince, and Laird Hamilton as Lance Buckhart. That's correct. So Laird Hamilton. So the funny thing about this, Kendon kept one of the questions Kendon kept asking was like, are these real characters? Are these real surfers? Um, mm -hmm. And the answer is a lot of them were fake names, but real surfers. So I think um, you just answered the question better than I was asking it to. <laughs> I was trying to get to, are these like real? Okay. Yeah. Fake names, real servers. So Sean Thompson, um, Jerry Lopez, he's the one who plays Vince, um, the leader of the Hui. Um, Laird Hamilton is um, a professional surfer. Mark Ocilupo, I don't know how to say his name. Um, the guy who played Alex Rogers, um, Robbie Page. I'm trying to think of who else is on here. Anyway, lots, lots of um, real surfers <laughs> doing right. this, uh, which is funny because what I don't know is how, because I kept thinking like, is this really them on the waves? And um, I'm thinking, yeah, like a lot of it, a lot of that wave action is really them. Um, and then you've got like people like um, the main characters, like uh, Rick. And that guy, I mean, like he surfs, he surfs all around. Like he, he's, I don't think he ever went pro or anything, but he is a surfer, like culture wise. And um, yeah, so it's funny. So that's the answer to it. The other thing I wanted to kind of talk about up front is, so 
this movie, oh, Tim, did you say what year it's made in? Uh, 87, right? That sounds right. Yeah. So the movie is in 87. Kelly Slater is probably one of the most famous surfers mm-hmm. in our generation. And he started winning and like surfing in like 92. So this is giving kind of like some idea of like where we are at. Like these guys are like big names, um, but, it, but it's just before Kelly Slater. Mm-hmm. So um, the, <laughs> the movie is about a kid from Arizona, from Tempe, Arizona, who likes to surf and is all into surfing, but has never actually done ocean surfing. Yeah, he's he won an award surfing in a wave pool. Yeah, I was like, in Arizona, in Arizona, <laughs> right? <laughs> wave tank in Arizona. Here's the thing. So Tempe, Arizona. Here's the thing. Fun fact. So that was actually a big deal. Like that, people did travel to use that. Like that wave tank was, um, was fun. It was it was it's it's funny because later they make fun of him like where'd you learn to surf in a bathtub and it's like kind of that's yeah that's kind of where you learned to surf but at the same time like surfers would go there like and use it so it it, it was cool for the mainland <laughs> like as your only experience not not great but you know I don't think it's something that you would be embarrassed about necessarily so okay so I kind of get the impression that um Maybe surfing, was it becoming a bigger deal in the 80s? Like it was developing in the 80s. Like it wasn't a big deal in the 70s. Because I feel like at some point in elementary school, the whole like, like the whole surfer culture sort of thing, even up here in Seattle, kind of like came over us like a wave. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like a wave. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, even the Ninja Turtles, all of all of this sort of uh, slang, all this like clothes that we wear, like surfing was like this super cool thing for like this one period of our lives and not like it's not anymore but it like all of a sudden it was in a bunch of stuff and then i think it moved on to snowboarding i think so too yeah that kind of makes sense x games and stuff became more of a thing and that surfing kind of got left Left yeah Yeah. well it's also hard because we'll talk about it but like in competing there's no um it's not equal there's no equity like you just yeah. gotta you have a certain amount of time and whatever waves come what they come like yeah, even also, in snowboarding you can set up some kind of course for the folks to go down yeah, and, you, and you can snowboard a lot of different places in the states right but you can only surf so many places yeah um so okay so rick oh so the wave tank so the fun fact is my um, brother-in-law he grew up in scottsdale arizona which is right next to tempe Mm-hmm. And his friends worked there. So he actually spent a lot of time at that location, like wow. playing with professional surfers and other people, like just, and he got to like go for free and just like hang out and like do that. So that's really fun. Like um, even for somebody who's not familiar with the movie North Shore, mm-hmm. but like, and didn't grow up in Hawaii, we were like talking about it and he knows about it because of the wave tanks. So anyway, Rick has graduated from high school, has a scholarship to an art school in New York. He does. Um, Because he won this competition in the wave pool, he won $500. And the question is, how is he going to spend $500? He's going to go to Hawaii for $500 for how many months in Hawaii? Laughing. I was like, he's doing, what is he? Is he selling drugs? Like, how is he surviving? Well, I mean, like back then, I mean, I don't know what a round trip ticket was, but 
Yeah, I mean, he thought he had a free place to stay, but mm-hmm. still, that's just, like, that's insane. I think uh, airline ticket prices have gotten relative, like relatively cheaper. So I think back then they were, they maybe were pretty expensive, even yeah, to go from a couple hundred dollars, yeah, couple to a few hundred dollars. So how? Yeah. So, but somehow in this show, you can you can go to Hawaii for five hundred bucks. Um. So I don't know if that's yeah. I don't know if inflation accounts for that from 1987 or if it's unrealistic in 1987 as it is in 2021 but that was something I wanted to point out um so basically he goes to the north shore um the north shore of Hawaii the big wave season Mm -hmm. it starts like late October early November shortly after Halloween and then it goes until like March or April I think like to the spring um so it's basically winter um, and so that's when he gets there. He gets there right before Halloween. Uh, and the guy who had come to the wave tank and said, Hey, if you remember Hawaii, <laughs> come stay with me, which is something that folks will say, but you've got to actually like plan that shit. You can't just show up and crash on their couch. So or he showed up at his job. Yeah. So he, went to his, <laughs> he went to his work and was like, hi, I'm here. And he's got his surfboard. Um, and that didn't work out, but, but, oh, but there's two surfer guys in there and they're getting kicked out of the club, like, as this is happening, because they're doing what they're not supposed to do. Um, and they're running out of there and he sees them and decides to run with them. Like yeah. he sees, he sees two guys misbehaving and it's like, they're the ones I'm going to go join. He um, also needs to run away because didn't he just buy alcohol without paying, being able to pay for it? Oh yeah, that too. So he's like, I got to get out of here. Um, well, and I don't know if he recognized them, but I don't remember that if he did or not, but no, I don't think he so. just was like, these guys look like my type of people. So I'm going to run with them. And he did. Um, and luckily they, um, they were willing to hang out with him, took him to a party. So he's like, okay, now he's on the North shore, um, figuring it out. They take him surfing the next morning. And that is when he meets the Hui. So the Hui is the locals who, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they are very well known in Hawaii and respected and it's the Wave Riders Club and yes. Are they like greasers? No. 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 <laughs> no. They seem like kind of a in-gang not, like that. I mean. Instead of all being into, into cars, they're all into their boards. No, they're more like into their indigenous, like being indigenous people. Um, and like, yeah, caring about something that's cultural that um, is kind of being overrun by tourists and outsiders. Yeah. Like, this is our land and this is our place. And you don't just get to come here and take over. Yeah. And, and then, and like you have, you've done that with our islands already and now you're doing it with our waves and our beaches and it's not like they say you can't be here but it's also like we're putting our foot down and saying we we belong here and we have a space here and um yeah it's more it's like more of a statement not I don't think of them as like bullies like walking around beating people up which is what I was afraid of so that the hui is one of the things that I was worried about because I knew that they 
that Rick was going to have confrontation with them. And I didn't remember how it all started and how it goes. And I was afraid that like the local guys were going to be painted as like these like rough thugs, beating people up, bad guy situation. But I will say I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, one of them was a tool, but um, yeah. but Vince was great. Like, yeah, Vince is fun. Yeah, it was like okay, no, I get, I get you. <laughs> like you, I feel like you have, um, you have represented well here. So that was nice. So um, I've been trying to ask you before what who he is. I think when we were watching, finally just looked it up. It says in Hawaii, it's a club or an association, which seems like a very uh, formal way to explain what uh, I think I was getting from the movie. <laughs> I think the Hui makes my favorite pair of board shorts, the ones I can't find right now. It's also a clothing brand. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, he meets them. <sighs> All his stuff gets stolen and that's how he meets Turtle. So Turtle <laughs> is everybody's favorite guy. Like that, he's another one where if you mention Turtle, um, people will start talking like him. <laughs> like I mentioned it to yeah. my sister, like, hey, we were doing our short and she just started talking like Turtle, um, which is fun because he's actually based on an, a real guy uh, who was up there on the scene at the time. And so the actor like went and, and like kind of shadowed him and learned Pigeon. And um, yeah, like, is this Pigeon talk supposed to be offensive? Like what is going on? No, I mean, Pigeon is spoken by everybody. Um, but it's weird because like <laughs> looking at it now, it's like what they're speaking is Pigeon, but like surfer Pigeon. Right. Like, I don't remember ever talking, like, calling somebody a Barney. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not pigeon. <laughs> but um, but it is slang. So, but yeah, so um, Turtle, it just happens to be walking past. And um, what's funny is that, like, Rick wants to call the police. And the closest police are in Wahiwa, which is where my grandma's house is. And my dad grew up. Um, Kendon's been there, too. It's just funny because it's kind of far away. Um, and then. And then finds out it's the hooey who took a step and he's like, no, don't just leave that be. Yeah, um, yeah. And Rick is just like not, he shows up and he's just not willing to get a lay of the land and like feel the room, right? Like he, he for example, the two guys that he's surfing with say that the hooey are coming and they're like, you know what? Let them have this space. We're going to move over here. And he doesn't want to do that. Like, he's like, no, no it's free listen. for everybody. And I'm just like, what a fucking like mainland white privilege dude. <laughs> like, just show up and be like, I belong here. I'm like, do you, did you do any research on Hawaii and where you're going? Because I don't know. Um, so he really irritates me. Um, and so <laughs> anyway, Turtle talks him out of calling the police but does let him go to the party with him and it's a halloween party and that is where he meets his love interest uh, what was her name again i forget keoni yeah keoni uh so she happens to be vince's cousin um mm. and she now this is starting to sound like the fast and the furious vince is like the the word like i feel like vince is a good um well because that's one of the characters in fast and furious right mm. um so she takes an interest in him because he helps her after she like gets knocked over um, by rude people. So she's just like, oh, this guy is polite um, and thinks he's interesting there. Um, but this is also where he then gets to um, his connection with Chandler, who's going to be probably between the two, 
I would say the more important connection that he makes here. Um, Turtle has to go and finish sanding a board um, for his boss Chandler because um, the main bad guy in this, the antagonist in this, um, is supposed to be using it. Yeah, like big professional surfer, supposed to be using it and is like, where's my board? So Chandler tells Turtle, go back and finish his board so it's ready by tomorrow. Um, So Rick tags along and um, and that's uh, that's how he kind of establishes like connection with Turtle, um, ends up going and like seeing Chandler. Chandler is one of those soul surfers who like loves the waves and has, you know, lived there for a very long time and is like kind of bought into like Hawaiian culture and um, is not just there to like rip up waves. So it's a little bit different, like different vibe. Um, but Rick ends up being able to stay with Chandler um, because of his art skills. He's going to help him do a new logo. Right. And um, that's basically it. He, he's like, I, I'm going to make you a logo yeah. and help out. And you're going to let me stay with you. And luckily for him, Chandler's wife also makes Chandler teach him how to surf um, and makes him and a way get- better surfer. 80s montage. And I was like, and then we get to Kendon's favorite part of the movie, which is an 80s montage of just surfing, him going through all of those boards, yeah. surfing, 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 which, uh, spoiler, is probably my favorite thing of the movie, too. It's just like all of the surfing. Like, I was in such a good mood watching that. I was just like, I <laughs> I forgot how much I love surfing and how happy it makes me. And it made me want to get outside and go swimming so bad. Um, but Anyway, that's that's basically it. So he ends up, you know, having more time with Keoni and really liking her. Um, they develop a relationship that um, might last the uh, test of time. I'm not sure. Um, so then it becomes the question of like, is he going to go to school in New York right. or is he going to like stay here and like live this life and um, Chandler's really encouraging him to go to school and he's just like, but I don't want to be a 40 year old with regrets. And, yeah. um, one of the things that I think was interesting is in the beginning of the movie, when he's at home saying he's going to go to Hawaii, mm-hmm. his mom comes in and is having this conversation with him about school. Um, we, I don't, I don't see a dad and I don't hear mention of a dad. And so my take on this is like, Chandler is gonna is filling that like a spot mm. it, that's kind of missing for Rick in terms of like a, a mentor, a father figure. Not that the mom can't do that too, but it seems like it was pretty more like pr- more effective through Chandler. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then there's the, there's some turmoil because Rick becomes a really good surfer and gets to um, surf in the pipeline classic, which is a huge deal. And then there's the question of like, are you selling out? And Chandler's Mm -hmm. not very proud of him for doing it and all of this, but he does it. And Chandler is proud of him in the end and gets invested. And um, that's where we have the huge drama, which is that the big main pro surfer, um, they're both fighting for the same wave before time runs out. Rick saw it first. Rick was going for it. And um, the bad guy pulled his leash so that he couldn't catch the wave. And so he couldn't win the competition. And it's a big deal. 
to do that. <laughs> Everybody saw him. They're like, we saw what you did. Yeah, everyone's like, we yeah. saw it. And we're going to file a challenge. And, um, and Rick is like, what does it matter? Like, I rode great today. I'm happy. We're good. And I was like, okay. I, I actually didn't remember that's that how it ended. Thing, right? That's the point of the movie. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's like um, you can be a strong competitor without also being, uh, without giving up your soul, I guess. He, he found the middle ground. Yeah. You, know, you can, it's not about wins or losses, it's about the experience and experiencing the wave and being one with the wave. And like, that's what it's about. That's why exactly. he got to catch the wave and ride it and he feels great about it. Yeah. And like, it feels Karate Kid to me. Yes, very Karate Kid. <laughs> because I, I hear what you're saying, but he's also competing, right? You can yeah. just be one with the wave. You can do all of that all over the island, all the time. Blah, blah, blah. He wants to also compete and do that. And it reminds me of like the Cobra Kai dojo. We're all here just for power. We just want to you know, use the martial arts to make ourselves stronger. And then he's, uh, uh, Daniel's son is bringing in this more like, be one with yourself the true spirit of a karate this the true spirit of surfing i mean yeah he gets a happy medium and he's also young like he yeah. just graduated from high school he's only in hawaii for this amount of time who knows when he's gonna be back <laughs> um so like and also there's if you love surfing and that's what you want to do um getting sponsorship getting into these competitions like that's how you get to do that as your life right so there's also a piece to it of like seeing the world and getting to be part of that. I think it it's interesting. And I was, I, I like that he went forward and actually did the competition. And I was glad that Chandler um, supported him in the end. Because uh, the world was Chandler didn't come to those competitions. No, because he's not, he's against it. Yeah. Which I get like when you have lived somewhere for, you know, decades, and enjoyed something that's beautiful in nature. And then you've got all of these people who are coming from all over. And it's like, I don't know, I can, I can, I get why it's like, it's a different vibe. And um, it makes sense to me. So, but it was also interesting because like Vince was the, uh, not the referee, but the, um, like the official out in the water. <laughs> it's like, so you've got the leader of the hui but he's like at the competition supporting it because he's yeah. he's judging it or he's not judging it he's refereeing or whatever so i thought that was funny yeah well isn't that kind of i feel like when we watch the white lotus society or what is it just called the white lotus it's similar right like this thing comes but you need a job you oh know what i mean like it, it offers an opportunity to make some money uh, yeah that's true and i i forgot tim you asked why i picked it also <laughs> because of white lotus we had just been watching white lotus and I felt like North Shore was a good follow-up to White Lotus. Um, so with Keone, she's like, no, I'm not going to New York with you. I belong here. I want to be here. And in my mind, I'm like, school's not that long. Like, go to school, come back, live in Hawaii, have an art degree, travel the world, surf, go to Portugal. I, I've been watching this, like, one wave in Portugal where I'm just like, oh, my God, it's amazing. So it's one of those where it's like, I see as like the 18 year old Rick, he's got a like lot of decisions and stuff to make. But in my mind, like as the, as the adult version of him, who's twice his age, I'm looking at it like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, be don't worry. Like all of this, you can, you can have all of this and some, so you'll be good. 
Um, but he also helps his friend Turtle. Um, Turtle wants to be a shaper and uh, hadn't ever really said that out loud to Chandler. And so Chandler hadn't really ever looked at him that way. And so Rick introduced Chandler to um, a board that Turtle had made. And Rick, or Chandler's like, this is amazing. So he helps his friend, which is nice. And, you know, Karma gets um, the bad guy in the end because <laughs> there's pictures of him in the front page. So everything works out, happy ending. Um, and that is North Shore. Wait, wait. Then we get the scene that we couldn't have again, which is them meeting him at the airport, right? Yeah. Yes. All Actually, that- what side of the gates are they on? They might just be by the front door. No, they can't. They, he was at, he was, I mean, they they were inside the airport. They okay, were yeah, yeah. where you can go. That's true. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But it's like, it's really good for the movies, like a real send off. I mean, like people used to do it, I guess, on the side of boats, right? Sending the sending somebody off at the end of a movie. Yeah, I agree. I do miss that. I, I miss, and the greeting too, like, when you get off the plane and everyone's waiting yeah. for you and you're like, oh, yeah. Do you think we'll ever get to have that again? Yeah. No. No. Exactly. No. I'll be an optimistic with the answers now. Probably not. Um, one of the things that I did, I found interesting is the surfing scenes. So they'll shoot them like really tight as they're sitting on the board talking about waves, whatever. Then they'll cut to like actual footage of people surfing. Which I appreciate it. It's a bit rough because you go from like clearly the clearly scripted conversation to like these dudes really surfing on surfboards and like, you know, you can get whatever shots you want of them surfing because it's them. So they get all crazy shots of these people surfing because it's actually these people surfing. You know, Tim, I was going to say it slightly differently because I didn't notice a transition between the, like, I, when I, by the time all that was happening, I was just watching the movie. It didn't seem, like a different it seemed smooth to me the transition of them talking to them surfing so i kind of thought of it as like an intermission like right. okay we're in the story now now we're doing the fun surfing and like right. it, it like splices in there and i'm like yeah, yeah and like watching it and kind of forgetting that there's like drama and other things going on i'm just yeah, like enjoying the ride yeah. yeah um and i did really appreciate because it is very different angles and you know yeah very different um, photography there but like they also have that um scene where the photographer is um taking pictures of rick and so we get to see how they do it which is fun i think um to be like yeah this is like i mean you have to be like all there like in the wave and (laughs) to get these shots the one dickhead surfer is really mean to the photographer yeah he's mean to everybody yeah he's a dick oh yeah. Speaking of, there's um, a scene one night where there's a photo shoot and that guy is uh, partnered up with Keone and they're coming out of the water and he's like, hold, like, oh, yeah. the water. They're, not, they're not real surfers. Yeah. Um, bottles or whatever. <laughs> but I, it, I forgot that another piece to this that I think is authentic is the the brand like the surfing brand and modeling and stuff i mean um between getting sponsored as a surfer and then like being a model for like locomotion or you know surf or somewhere like that's a big deal too and like one of our um childhood like really good friends um ended up doing that and like it was funny because it was like 
yeah like I remember um at one point like in high school I think maybe like I walk into a surf shop and like it's this huge wall of like my friend <laughs> like wait that's what's she doing on the wall it's crazy so it's kind of um it, it, it also tracks there in terms of like the local girls and um, becoming like models, surf models um, and, and having that opportunity too. So that tracks. Okay. Anything, anything you guys want to say about this movie? It grew on me. Fascinating to watch. I didn't necessarily love it, but I thought it was super interesting, the dynamic of like this kid winning a surfing award in Arizona and going to Hawaii, he doesn't really know how to surf. He's never actually surfed, surfed. And like that wave is sort of whooping his ass and then he learns how to surf. And the, the ending wasn't like this crazy redemption story. It was kind of like, all right, well, I'm off to college. This is fun. <laughs> I did that. Appreciated that. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. What were you going to say, Kendon? Oh, I, I think the movie just grew on me. Um, yeah, well, I just say the, the movie kind of grew on me as we watched it. Um, I think partially because I was like, super anxious or like uncomfortable about how he showed up and he didn't seem to know what was going on i couldn't tell if he brought a bag because it didn't look like he had pockets so i I was like he's just a surfboard and like a 20 dollar bill i was very stressed out huge not a huge planner but um i do like to have some idea if there's ground for me to land on before i jump i guess he did i i guess he thought that Mm. but He's young and naive. I mean, I definitely have gone places where it's like the night before where I'm like, wait, where am I staying? Like, what's the plan? But usually I have other people who've done the homework for me. So I'm okay. <laughs> Not wow. like going off somewhere random by myself. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's a, int- I mean, it, it helps create the conflict and the, you know, the, the things that he has to work through his obstacle. And it also shows like he's just kind of like very naive and yes. just like I'm a kid and here I am. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's running around the island with like a chick with his head cut off. He doesn't know what he's doing. But by like the middle of the movie, and he starts to kind of get comfortable and kind of set in. So yeah. did I. Yeah. I think once he had somewhere to to like sleep and like two people who might wonder where he is if he disappeared in the middle of the night. Right. The whole movie became a lot easier for me to watch. Right. Fair enough. I really appreciated um, Chandler finally calling him out and just yeah. being like, shut up and watch. And I was like, that is what I've been thinking for this entire movie. I'm so glad it's been said out loud. Like, just watch, <laughs> learn from others. And one thing that was funny was um, the way they talk about the surfers, like they're huge stars, like they're speaking it into existence. Like the world knows who these people are, and the way the discussions are, you know, the crowds that are there, the photographers, it's like they're covering the Olympics. It's insane. I mean, that's that's legit, though. Yeah. Like that. That's that all seems right on. Um, and like again, like this is a little bit earlier so you don't recognize those names most mm-hmm. likely at this point but that's why i was like talking about like kelly slater's one where it's like if he shows up holy shit like yeah. <laughs> this you know so i do think like these are like huge celebrities for mm-hmm. sure we actually uh 
were staying in the hometown of Kelly Slater when we went down to Florida for the launch. Yeah, he's from Cocoa Beach. And there's this huge, well, not, there was a really big statue. We, we found the statue, right? Yeah, there's a statue. Well, there's a couple of statues. Yeah. Yeah, there's a statue of him um, like at a public park. And then there's um, the like biggest indoor or biggest, yeah, surf shop in the world is there. And they've got sand sculptures out front and they've got one of him. Do you remember the, the, the story about the statue though? Yeah, so he has hurt his ankle. What? So they went in and um, they put a cast on the statue. <laughs> I think the local, the, the local kids did, right? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so it's a big deal. Um, okay, so other topics. Did it make you guys, either of you want to go surfing? No. No. It looked dangerous. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It looks terrifying. <laughs> so the, do the wave can just drown you? No thanks. Tim, I feel the same way. I, I I'll swim. I'm fine yeah. with water. Yeah. Shalia's like the ocean, and I'm like the ocean no. is trying to kill you every second. It's <laughs> but what is, even Shalia said, never turn your back on the ocean. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> if you have to say never turn your yeah. back to something, <laughs> you're hey, concerning me. <laughs> this is my friend. She isn't she beautiful, but never turn your back on her. Never turn your back what? on. And I mean, right now, stop doing that. <laughs> You said that to me in Florida too. I, I mean, no, it's a, it's I because I, I believe it. Like, do not do not turn your back on the ocean. That is my answer. It, the ocean is beautiful, but it is kind of a terrifying thing. Yeah. So actively, and, and they were talking about all the things that could happen to you. Oh wait, don't don't get dragged under into that little cave with all the coral that'll break yeah. your head open. Like they're they're talking about don't don't let this happen to you. I'm like, no, I, I think I'd rather just watch. Yeah. So, but you get used to it. Like you like to be you in the forest. You get used to the danger of cracking your skull open. I get, I get no. nervous in the forest or when we're walking on like high cliffs and like maybe I'll fall. Like you get, you, you, again, you shut up and watch. Like you learn about it and you get more comfortable. Um, but it is legit. Like there are caves, like there's some like <laughs> m- um, military guys, I think where like up where we like to go, um, they had, they decided to go into the caves what um, yeah they were like sw- wanting to swim so they were like swimming in the caves and then they couldn't get out and they found them under this um gas station like way way far away um the the caves go, yeah because the caves go like into the like they're they go into the land so it's not like yeah so they were found like a mile in i think like they like, couldn't find their way the out station. and they they climbed is there is part oh, no, of it no, oh, it's, all yeah. it's all underwater it's all underwater no 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 they drowned <laughs> no, no no i thought maybe they died of something else because they couldn't get out of caves that had gone back onto land in a way you know i see what you're saying no i don't know i don't think which so. is which is also a terrible fate <laughs> yeah, horrible fate no this is fun but they I, went, I mean they entered the caves i don't know about somebody just like randomly getting stuck in a cave Right. Um, they didn't say anything about getting stuck in the cave. I'm pretty sure they specifically said breaking your head open. Fair enough. Right. So I do think that I would recommend a good follow up to this um, movie is Blue Crush. Yes, I've seen it's Blue also Crush. a fun one, mm. and it gives you more of the like. I don't know. I feel like Blue Crush spends like when she's like holding the rock and running underwater and stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. Well, I am glad you guys watched this with me. Thank you for doing it. Um, that the North Shore of Oahu is where 
for a lot of my life, that's like, it was our, like our default place to be. Right. Um, I grew up on Maui, right. but my dad is from Oahu. And when I left Hawaii, that's where he was. And so like Waimea is our, was our main beach. Um, and so, yeah, it, um, okay, I'm taking you there. Um, so it was fun. It's like nostalgia for me, but also not even nostalgia. I was just there. <laughs> like, I just, like, I love it. It's home. Um, and yeah, it really makes me want to go surfing. I don't surf big waves, but I like to swim in them and sitting on a board is fun. So, um, the whole experience I'm, I'm going to recommend Tim, have you been surfing before? Never. I'm going to recommend you try it. You don't have to do the big waves. In this wave, I'm like, please don't do it. You don't have to do the big waves. You can do the little waves. find a wave pool in, in Arizona and just learn that way. Oh, speaking of, there, have you heard about the new thing that they're building? I think it's in California. They have this like long tube thing that they're making to make it basically the perfect wave. And it's the same wave every time. And you're going to be able to do competitions on it. Okay, you just touched on one of the main things about the surfing that I don't know if I was gonna say it bothered me, but like it's hard for me with like really subjective sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the wave is never exactly the, this is the way my <laughs> mind works, right? The, the wave is not exactly the same. Um, how can you judge this against this? And then like they have X amount of time to find a wave. And it's like if the waves stop for 30 minutes, you just like, like I, it all seemed far too uncontrolled for my liking yeah <laughs> so now you're talking about the perfect wave now you're uh, now you're talking well and that's what i was saying earlier about like snowboarding too right like they they set up a course for you to do so this is like kind of making that available for surfing too i it makes I me feel like we're going to a cyberpunk future now too it's like there's no oceans uh, left, but but surfing is the biggest sport in the world. We just we're just surfing tubes. Surf tubes. <laughs> surf tubes. Mm, no, thank you. Um. So also randomly, I hadn't heard about this probably because I don't watch TV with um commercials. But do you guys know about the new Doogie show, Doogie Hauser show? Did you you told me about it, right? No. So it's Doogie Kamealoha MD. So they've re. They're, well, they're, they're bringing back they're oh, bringing back doogie hauser yeah it's doogie no, i can't see it i know i trust you doogie kamealoha md oh wow so it just started on the disney channel must um, say it's disney first, plus yeah the first episode was september 8th um right after we had watched this movie um the premise is that this is a girl in Hawaii. Her dad is Jason Scott Lee. So Mowgli is her dad. And um, she calls him Mowgli, but he's always going to be the guy who got his eye ripped out in the movie Soldier with Kurt Russell. He is a guy. <laughs> he's so badass in there. Yeah. So uh, she's a Hawaii girl and she is a doctor at 16 years old. And the, like, the premise is like, hey, you know that show from the 90s, Doogie Hauser? She's like a real life Doogie Hauser. So it's a play on that. And it was actually really fun. Wow. And they do the type of surfing that I do, which is not the big waves that we were watching in our shore. <laughs> so the very, I think it's like the opening scene, you see her and her dad um, heading out to go surfing. And it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Hey, Tim, I'd love to read the tagline um, from this poster she was showing us. She's a genius with a lot to learn. 
Wow. Because she's, yeah. she's, she's a kid. Because she's a kid. Have you, you haven't watched any of these episodes yet there's only so it only comes out one at a time so i watched this and was like oh this is there's no more <laughs> this just came out <laughs> this is a thing and i immediately contacted my stepmom and my sisters and were like have you guys seen the new doogie hauser um it, and then and then i watched the fall on sunday and there were commercials for it so okay. it's gonna be all over i'm sure but i because i don't do commercials i yeah i randomly found it on disney plus <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I and I actually thought it was like, oh, is this for me? Like, did you <laughs> exclusively for you? Yeah, like, did I find it because you put it here for me? And then realizing, no, like, this is this is a real thing. Like, yeah. we got a new Doogie Hauser. It's Doogie Kamealoha. <laughs> and okay. now my my nerd brain makes me think. Okay, so when she grows up, can she star in the next Starship Troopers? Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. So. Can you guys tell me what your favorite things are about North Shore? What was your favorite thing about the movie? I have three. Go ahead, Kenan. What's your three? First, um, I know they did set it up. So I actually really liked the art thing. Like it gave him a, I feel like a pretty smooth, natural way to be involved with these people and have something to um, contribute. Right. Um, so I thought that that was a nice aspect to put in there and kind of, you know, like I said, tied that together. Mm-hmm. Two, Lance, the villain with no neck. He was just a really good 80s villain, almost like a surfing Gaston. And then my third would be that Chandler just shows up and is like, Yeah, I'm going to support you. And like, it, I feel like other movies would have made this like big, like blow up or like, Ah, yeah. oh, I can't st- stand your way. Something, I don't know, whatever they would have done. And instead, he's like, I really, I really don't approve of you doing this. And then he's like, well, I really need to. So he's like, okay, I'll just show up. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you I'm going to show up. There's so drama, but it's not overly emotional. No. It's like... <laughs> All of that made it just a much more watchable movie for me. I mean, and he didn't show up originally, but then the, he hears the, like, wait, what? He made the finals? Like, holy yeah. shit. I'm going to show up and watch that. Yeah, fair enough. I love all of those parts. Uh, Tim. What's your favorite thing about the movie? Uh, probably all the surfing scenes. The real ones, not like the fake ones, but like the real surfing scenes, like the real footage. Like that was really cool. I don't, I don't see a lot of it. And we'll see it often and we'll see it that close. And even for 1987, like they really did a good job of capturing that, those sort of action shots and making it look cool. And you know, it gets kind of cheesy with the music and, you know, the montage. But I thought, because you're watching real people surf, it's not CGI, it's nothing. It's, People on waves, and I enjoyed that the most. By you far. know, Tim, I would have loved to see a version of this movie where all the surfing was 1987 uh, CGI. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever rewatch when you if you ever rewatch the prequel movies, you can kind you can easily see that where they just have people talking, yeah. and then you have action scenes done in CGI, and like they are kind of like two different things. Like yeah, you're talking it, about yeah, it feels separate. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So I agree as well with that it's so i love those things um the only thing i would add to the things that i love about this movie is that i think that they did the locals right like i did right by them um in 1987 i'm still shocked when i talk to people about the history of hawaii and they they don't realize like that literally (laughs) this land was like it was just stolen they like imprisoned the queen and like just took it um, and that, like, this is still an issue that 
folks are fighting about today. And like, there's still a Hawaiian sovereignty movement and there's still like, I, I'm, I'm surprised often us um, here where that like, that's just not, not taught. well known by everybody. No one teaches that. It's like, oh, we have a 50th state and that's it. Yeah, like I just, yeah. So it's very, um, uh, this movie did not, it, I, I don't think was very big in the mainland, <laughs> but no. I appreciate that they made this and that they incorporated that piece to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like Chandler even, it's like, well, we stole their land. <laughs> like right. we stole this whole place. Um, they stole your wallet. We stole this whole thing. And I just think, um, I appreciate that they did that. I didn't like that, like, it turns out that that guy really did steal his stuff, but mm-hmm. I did. Forgot about that. It made it... But I did appreciate, like, that Vince was solid and yeah. that Vince they did, solid. yeah, and that they did, like, put that message in there of, like, hey, this is not, don't just show up here. Like, there are people who've been here a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's history and you know it's trying to teach a lesson there a little bit and i appreciate oh, that for respects. 1987 yeah so. respect the land and the people yeah, exactly i've been trying to figure out who wrote this movie maybe it was somebody same, same, same as director and same guy I, well i was trying to find out where the director was from but it was rerouting me to a uh, 18th century mormon so <laughs> i don't think it's the same guy yeah probably not him so do you guys think that this movie was influential at all? No, not for me. No, no, I'm going to say no. Not because I just didn't see it at all and see any remnants of it. It was never like a big surfing movement that I saw here for it to be influential for me. But you you probably have a different perspective being in Hawaii. Well, I, t- well, I feel like now that you mentioned it, though, on mainland, I feel like I did see a big surfer wave. like it- <laughs> I keep doing that. Um, like I said, in a lot of the pop, we had surf. Think okay. about like um, the Ninja Turtles. There's a Ninja Turtles knockoff where they were surfing sharks, like that uh, were essentially the same. You know what I mean? Think what about like nin- um, 90210, like all surfing. Think about um, Saved by the Bell. Like I didn't watch either of those though. Really? No. Wow. But and yeah. so uh, the point being is it's still it's still seeped and saturated into the culture i think of the early 90s surfing did yeah i think so too um the other thing i think the influence was i mean i don't know if you remember like my first video game in college was Kel- kelly slater's surfing um like what? we would play it on playstation like, 2 yeah i think i have yet to have the uh, guts to throw that disc away I think it's still in our house. Yeah, because it was like we used to play it all the time. Like we loved it. Um, so, yeah, I think depending on where you are, like if you're in SoCal, if you're in Hawaii, um, that culture definitely was there. And I think that this movie is something that like people in that really was like know and were influenced by. So not just I, I don't think it was just Hawaii people. I think probably some like other surfer people would have watched it too but I think I mean movie makers know about movies I am gonna say with confidence that this movie influenced Fast and Furious it's just too close when did when did Point Break come out 80s 95 
Does it feel, like, I feel like there's more point, point way more point break in the Fast and the Furious. I think this influenced Point Break. Well, that's why I asked, when did Point Break come out? It would have had to come out over a year after this came to really have influenced somebody to make then Point Break. I think it did. And then like you got like Endless Summer. Huh? Point Break was Four years. Oh, how we, re- we, review- we reviewed it anyways though, right? No, we didn't. We haven't done Point Break. We've absolutely done Point Break. We want. We sat, watched, and talked about Point Break. We have definitely watched Point Break. I don't think we've recorded an episode on Point Break. Friends, if we're wrong, let us know. Wow. Because it's one I'm excited to do. Speaking of like, full circle a, back to Keanu Reeves, a full-on <laughs> '90s movie, but it feels like it, it impacted things the way an '80s movie did. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of perfect that way. Okay. But I am. I am going to say that this is maybe it's an indirect. Um, because you're right, like Point Break, you've got the undercover cop, get in with the surfer guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of being, a, like learning to be a better driver and um, just like living in like that culture of like, this is what we do, this is what we breathe. It's all about family. I feel like there's, there's, there's something there. That's funny because the Fast and the Furious guys seem like like 21st century greasers. <laughs> What's up with you and greasers today? I just, that that is the sort of group that. I, what did we watch? How Outsiders. many greaser shows did we watch? We watched a couple of our movies, didn't we? I mean, the greasers are from the outsiders. Well, greasers are from all types of different things. They're like, it's about the cars or about the the thing that they are into. They're always really into their cars, or like, were they really into boarding culture, like? That's the way I see the greasers. It's like a prototypical group that like that are all formed around this formed feel, around this one identity. Yeah, they have an identity of something they do. And they're difficult it is just difficult to also penetrate that group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess, but the greasers I know aren't about anything. They just are have they're greasy because they don't have any money. <laughs> you know what? I think we're have we're having a disconnect as to what we both think of when we think of greasers. Yeah. I, think, I, I think of greasers as a subculture, not just Where they dirty, people. <laughs> dirty people. In cars. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. The I was thinking about greasers. Day. They don't do anything. They just live. I, I, sorry, what do you mean they just, they don't do anything? The, like, the Fast and Furious people don't but do anything. They, yeah, they do. They do cars. <laughs> The greasers do. No, the greasers just get up and go to school. Do you know why they call them greasers? Because their hair is greasy. No, it's the grease from working on cars. No, what? Yeah, it is. Oh. They do put grease in their like, but I, yeah. Okay, well, if I'm sorry, Kendon, you're right. If that's what you mean, <laughs> that makes. Sense. And now you can see why I think it's so funny. I was like, Ben Diesel and his friends are basically just greasers. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. So with all of that, are you guys ready to rate North Shore? Yes. Yeah. 
All right, North Shore, 1987. Is it a classic or are we past it? It's a classic and I'd watch it again. I'm past it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's okay. I It is a classic and I'm so glad we came back to it. I have watched it. No idea. I'm just so glad that like Keone wasn't just like a sex symbol. Like she actually had conversations with him and I just, it was so much better than I was afraid it was going to be. <laughs> So very relieved. I'm glad you guys went on that ride with me. Thank you for taking a trip to the North Shore. And Kendon, what will we be? We'll be bought. <laughs> <laughs>